Hello everybody and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Alrighty, guys, I am so excited to welcome today's guest onto the show. So welcome to Lauren Bordelon. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So Lauren, before we dive into today's episode, why don't you just give yourself a bit of an introduction, tell our listeners a little bit about you and what it is you do so then they can get to know you before we dive into today's interview. Absolutely. So I'm a marketing mentor and I help creative service providers ditch the overwhelm and fast track their way to a sustainable and scalable business. The reason for that is that I had a marketing agency for five years. I built, scaled, and sold it uh, last summer. So Mm -hmm. I decided I really wanted to pivot from having these services to now helping young female entrepreneurs, or rather any female entrepreneur, help them build, scale, build and scale their business. Um, Maybe they don't want to sell it and that's okay. But like I had all these practices I put in place and was able to get my business to a place that was... Um, ready to ready to sell and move on to the next thing. So I'm really passionate about working with female entrepreneurs to prevent a lot of the mistakes I made, like, you know, burning out or working 60 plus hours a week and combining that with marketing strategies um, and, and visibility strategies so that they can work with their dream clients. Mm, I think that is so awesome. And I love that you were able to like ditch your nine to five and just absolutely build a flourishing business for yourself, which is so incredible. So congratulations to you on that. So obviously though, like you mentioned, you were working in corporate before Um, you did start your own business. So what was it that really drove you away from the nine to five life? Yeah. So I worked at an advertising agency uh, right after college. The funny thing about that is that I was underqualified for the position I got, but I was so determined to get into this agency because it was a big local agency that I bought a paid search ad book like three days before the interview and I binged it. I mean, I did everything I could to make sure I knew the book cover to cover and sound like I knew what I was talking about, walked into the interview, nailed it, still had no no idea what I was doing the first few weeks, but Within not even a couple of months, I was leading a team and then I moved up into the social media room, which was just so exciting. But one thing I realized there was that there was a a big hustle culture. Without naming the agency, um, the motto was 24-7 seriously, like that is what we told clients. And therefore the culture was as such. And so I got conditioned to working, you know, nights, weekends, past hours, um, and I think that didn't really do me a a good service because eventually I saw the mistakes with the agency and the retail ways that business was done. So it was specifically focused on retail companies. And I think in retail, there's a lot of tension that can build up because they want to see ROI. And I was like, you know, there's a better way we can do this. And I really love working with service-based companies. So I signed one of my first clients and I left that job about a year later and went full-time on my own thing. But what didn't leave me was that hustle culture. And so I built my business over the course of five years 
one of those years I was working for another company and I just was, I was working a lot. I was working 60 plus hours a week. I was like, I'll never burn out. I'll never burn out. And then, and then I did. And on top of that, I was suffering from anxiety and I was just so stressed. I gained so much weight. It was just not the best time in my life until I woke up one day and realized like, okay, something had to change. So that really started putting things in motion. Um, and I was able to sign a client who eventually wanted to acquire my company. And that was how the sale happened, which again is why I'm where I am today. I want to help people avoid this. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's crazy too, because there's that hustle culture is so like existent in, you know, yeah. any, well, really any industry, but then when you're, when you're working away, like all the hours of your day for someone else's dream like that's where it starts to hit hard because you're like I'm not even hustling hard towards my own goals I'm hustling hard to build someone else's goals and so it's really cool that you were able to shift away from that and even though that hustle culture carried over into your business like you've obviously been able to break that and we'll have more of a chat about that today as well um but what I wanted to ask you as well is because you did mention that you obviously have your had your own six-figure business that you built up and sold to really help you get to where you are now so what was that like you know building your own six-figure business and how long did that take you and tell us all about that yeah. So I want to say, I think the way that I initially led it, it was still as if I was working for somebody else um, because I was putting my clients first before me and my business. But ultimately building that looked like a lot of, <clears throat> I think, hustle in a good way. You know, I was furthering my education, doing everything I needed to do to be ahead of trends for myself, for my clients, uh, constantly just trying to get more certification so we could be more qualified. And eventually it looks like a lot of networking. And pre-COVID, this was a lot of in-person events. And then before COVID, like right before COVID started, we really started utilizing LinkedIn and other social media platforms that we knew our ideal clients were going to be on. And so it was, I would say that the effort was probably 50% sales and 50% execution, but that is the upfront of the sales is what really got us to being able to get that client base that was able to sustain us and and scale us. Mm. So, you know, I think people forget that there is a sales component and it's not just posting to social media. Like there is an engagement and outreach portion that needs to happen in order for you to be able to, you know, get in front of your ideal client and they're not going to know they need you until, until that happens. Mm, And so obviously with all of your marketing experience, like that would have come in real handy when you were doing that networking aspect of the business growth. Hey, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And it's, Mm. you, you know, we have to be comfortable to show up online. Right. And that's, it's kind of, I think it's a little bit easier behind the screen, but like, I'll still choke up when I sit down to do a live video. And it's, it's kind of the similar concept. It's, it's stringing everything together in a way that makes sense in the way that you can brand yourself. And it's the same thing at a networking event. So definitely uh, important skills to have. I agree. I completely agree. And speaking of like, you know, online presences and stuff, a lot of my um, listeners actually have online businesses of their own. So I guess then like, what are your sort of top tips for anyone who is trying to scale a business online and really build their online presence to benefit their business? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, Number one would be time management, right. And, and looking at where you're putting your time right now. So I recommend for this, if you're not already, I've done this from the get-go my business is tracking your time and seeing, okay, what can I outsource? And if I'm not in a place to outsource, what can I automate? 
So what kind of systems and tools can you put into place so that you can put your time into growing your business, right? Like working on your business, working versus working in your business. Those are very two important things to know the difference between. I think another thing is mindset. And this is something, you know, that I know you've speak about a lot. Mindset is everything. You have to believe that you can get yourself to a place, uh, you know, where you can really scale your business and you have to believe in what you have to offer. So what that looks like for a lot of people, you're like, okay, what does that look like? That looks like being aligned with what you are offering. If you don't like, if you're good at social media and that's what you're selling, but you don't like it, then why are you doing it? So it's really digging deeper and figuring out where do you thrive? What are you really good at? What makes you happy? And that shows, right? That shows in your confidence when you're selling. It shows in your confidence when you're executing these services for a client and your client facing. So I definitely think mindset, time management, and really being aligned with what you have to offer are three big things when it comes to scaling your agency. The mm-hmm. other thing is, um, or services, the other thing is knowing your worth and not being afraid to charge for it. And I think that's, I think that's where I'm going to wrap up because these are like so all inclusive, but knowing your worth means, you know, if you're charging 20, $25 an hour, I'm sorry, but you're a freelancer. You're not a business owner. You need to be really looking at your rates and including, I mean, depending on where you are in the world, like what are the expenses for your health? What are the expenses for your living? Like it is so much more now than just your salary. And you need to consider like the cost of running a business and that should all be folded into, you know, your hourly rate or how you package your products and services. Mm, I think knowing your worth is a massive one. Like a lot of the time when I'm speaking to people as well, uh, one of their biggest troubles is seeing their worth and understanding their worth and being able to align their prices or align their worth with the price that they actually want to be asking. So how did you go about that? Like, obviously, if you were able to build yourself a six-figure business, you've been able to really create some shifts within your self-worth and your value and all of that. So what what was your way of shifting your mindset to raise your worth and your value? So I think a huge shift started when I did goal setting. You know, and it's something I am not the biggest fan of or never really have been because I've always fallen short on my goals or I was always scared of falling short on my goals. This is something I've figured out a little more recently, but it's not just setting one number. It's setting a couple different numbers, one that, you know, is achievable, one that's a little bit bigger than that. And one that's like, that would be really cool. If it doesn't happen, it's okay too. But you know, it's another number I can aim for Hmm. now you have to do that on a quarterly and a yearly basis. And with that, you break down your products and services. And so you kind of have to map everything out ahead of time. So for example, if you know that you can only take on eight clients a month at $1,000 per client, you know that your cap is $8,000, 8,000 times or eight times 12. I can't do the math in my head, but that right there will tell you like your maximum potential. So that'll tell you right there if it's scalable or not or not. And I'll tell you right now, one-on-one services are not scalable. So that's my advice. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And so really it's all just about reverse engineering and really going, okay, if this is my goal, then this is what I need to do to get there. Correct. And I, I I find that so interesting as well, how you just mentioned at the end that one-on-one services aren't scalable. And I think that'd be a cool thing to really have a chat about as well today is um, how, you know, we can start to scale our businesses more. Because I was always under the impression that I understand there's sort of like a cap 
with one-to-one and what that can bring you. But um, I do have a question related to that later, so I'll come back to that note. (laughs) But what I wanted to ask you was actually, um, you mentioned, or I've done my research into you and I've seen that you really do help business owners scale their businesses quicker and with extreme efficiency as well. And obviously, as you mentioned, that's all to avoid the burnout, right? So what do you think are the biggest mistakes that new business owners sort of make that end up causing that burnout to occur? Yeah, they're not time blocking, number one. And um, that essentially means that you're looking at your schedule and you're setting routine tasks. So uh, there are time management skills that work for everybody and everybody is different. But I will say that if you're getting started, try time blocking your time. So for example, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. is my morning routine. And that's what I'm getting up, going for a walk, listening for a, listening to a podcast, really settling into my day. And then I will check my emails and then I have some bulk time where I'll do like CEO work and then I'll go to lunch and at lunch, I'll go to the gym. And then after that, I've got more CEO time and I wrap my day up. I set a cap for like really wrapping my day up from 4.30 to 5. And that way I know clients can't book, which leads me to my next point, right? You need to be protective of your time. If you're allowing clients to book back to back to back, okay, maybe that works like two days a week. But for someone like me, if I have more than three client meetings in a day, I am extremely burnt out, exhausted and crabby at the end of the day. And it's, it's not a good look for me. It makes me more high anxiety because I feel like I've, I've not actually accomplished anything. I've just worked with clients. I haven't worked on my business or, um, I haven't like even worked on the stuff for my clients. I've just literally sat and spoken to people all day. And and that's exhausting for a lot of people. It's not, that's not again, one-on-one time. That's not really sustainable. So I think that those are two really, really big things to um, think about when, you know, you want to avoid burnout. But and another piece to that is personal time, like really protect. So protect your business time, but also protect your personal time. Take those breaks. I was, I used to be like, that's, that's so silly. When I started going for walks every morning, it was amazing. The amount of clarity I had to, and productivity to like start my day. You know, I would get so many ideas on my walks. I still do. And I, go into my phone, I'll get all my content ideas for the entire month, like through all the walks I do. And it's stuff that comes to me that I feel so passionately about. And it works really well for me. And it works really well for my audience. But the creative juices for me happen then that may be different for other people that may mean an extra long bath, or that may mean that you need to go get your nails done, or a massage, it just whatever's going to work for you. If you're not getting away from your computer or out of your working element, you're going to have a hard time, I think, staying creative and avoiding that burnout. Mm, I resonate with everything you just said, because (laughs) honestly, like I'm sitting here just nodding my head, like, yes, yes, you, you know, you know, (laughs) because (laughs) December was my very first month, like fully in business. And I had a really great month, but I overworked myself. Like, like you were saying about the back-to-back calls, like there was some days where I'd literally have like six calls on and I'd just be absolutely energetically drained by the end of it. And because it is when you're sitting down on those one-to-one calls, you're giving your energy to other people, which is obviously we want to do that. We want to help other people, but we also have to protect our own energy so then we can refuel it and show up again and be able to be more present for the next day. And so that was a massive mistake. I made in December. And even though I was getting massive results, it ended up 
leading to me burning out come January. And so January became this whole month of just like, okay, time to create balance and learn how to time manage and learn how to self-care and all of that. So that February yes. can be more, you know, more sustainable. But, um, and I get you with the whole going for walks things as well. That's something that I'm trying to start doing now because I'm very new to working from home and I would just wake up and sit at my desk and then I wouldn't leave my desk until the end of the day. And yeah. so I realized this isn't good, you know, so, and going for those walks really does like bring those great ideas to you, helps you just like think through and refresh your mind so much more before you enter the next day. So I think that's really awesome tips that you gave us there. Um, and I mean, look, you've already given us so much advice, but I guess like it is so easy to fall into that hustle trap. Like it's so easy. And when you've got the momentum building and you've got the results coming in, you're like, I want to just keep doing more. So what's your sort of tips to really uh, avoid the burnout, to pull yourself up and make sure that, you know, if maybe you are heading in that direction, you can turn things around? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different things. I think tracking your time, like I said before, will tell you where you're spending a lot of time and maybe how more, much more efficient you can be. But I also think, um, and before I get into like how to really, really pick yourself up there, batch doing certain activities. So maybe limiting yourself to like four or five like chunks of activities during the day. So for example, today I did like three hours of education. Okay. Like I bought a program, it's on LinkedIn. I'm going to like learn more about LinkedIn. So I spent three hours and I dedicated it to that. And that took me away from my own marketing <clears throat> in a sense, right? It took me away from like furthering my own marketing. It took me away from client work, but it allowed me to focus on something different for a little bit. So I think really making sure that you're adding variety and different things to your routine that you don't do on a weekly basis, but making sure you're batching it and making time for it, right? Like 10 minutes a day to something like that probably isn't enough, right? I need to do a couple hours so I can truly absorb the information and go ahead and implement it. Um, that would be one example um, I think too, again, doing something different, right? Maybe you need a vacation. Maybe you need a day off. Last Friday, for example, uh, it's funny because I actually like went on my stories on social media and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to show everybody what today looks like. And what that day looked like was hair that I hadn't washed in five days, my boyfriend's sweatshirt over a very dirty pair of leggings. And I had slides on with mismatching socks. And I went to the grocery store to get a bottle of kombucha and some apples because that's what I wanted. And then I was doing my laundry and I was watching the Real Housewives of New York City from my couch and maybe doing some emails here and there. But I knew like I was so exhausted from I had a whole challenge I'd launched the week before. I was just so exhausted that I was like, you know what? I'm the boss. I make the rules. If I don't take this day off, I know this could be detrimental to my health and my business. So it's really recognizing those internal cues of like, you're, you're not feeling productive. You're not feeling creative. You just need a break. And that looks different for everyone. For me, it looks like grungy hair in the real housewives of New York city for other people that may look like going on a trip if you're able to do that. Um, but that's what I needed in that moment. And that's what I took. Yeah. And that's so awesome that you were able to do that. And because we forget that when we are our own boss, like, no one else is going to tell us to stay home or take a day off. Like you have to give yourself yeah. that permission and you have to shake any guilt that you have around rest or the negative mindset that maybe, 
oh, if I take a day to rest, my whole business is going to fall apart because it's not, you know, if you're giving yourself permission to rest and you're taking that time, then you're going to be able to show up better. And like you were saying, it's so important that you do give yourself that day. Otherwise it will be detrimental to your business in the long run. You know, you might resent what you're doing, or you might just absolutely, you know, start hating and not showing up properly. So yeah, it's really great that you were able to acknowledge that with yourself and give yourself permission to rest. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. So now what I want to do is come back to that um, note of one-to-one coaching that you brought up before. So obviously one-to-one coaching is really surrounding that idea of like trading time for money. And I imagine that this is obviously why it isn't the most scalable scalable way to kind of like grow your business because you somewhat are kind of limited on what you can earn from it. So how then do you feel that like is the best way to go about, you know, approaching scaling your online business, you know, and past this limit that one-to-one coaching would put on it? Yeah. So this is something I really love to dive into with my, my one-on-one clients, speaking of one-on-one, but like in a very personalized way, it's really looking at the big picture. So let's just say your services, you're a thousand dollars a month to do social media for another online entrepreneur. I'm just throwing out this as an example. It can definitely be transferable, but you're a thousand dollars a month to do full service social media. That means that there is hundred percent someone out there who can't afford that. So let's say they don't have a budget or let's say their budget's $200 and they want to outsource it, but they just know it's, they're not ready for it yet. You are missing out on a whole table of people who could purchase something from you around that. And then everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, right? So maybe you offer social media marketing um, for somebody, but you're not very confident in mentorship or you're not very confident in, let's say, creating a course. But these are all ideas of where you could go to help those people below in a way that's more scalable. So, for example, you could put out a little mini course on how to set up your social media and create processes so that when you are ready to outsource, boom, boom, bang, like you can outsource it with ease and you could put a price tag on that of like one ninety seven. That becomes scalable because you are not offering your one-on-one time for them to do that. You could do something like, oh, well, you can also get access to me through Voxer for X amount of dollars per month if you want to add that onto the course. But creating something that's going to be scalable will allow you to scale. So yeah, I mean, you can reach so many more people with that. And if you're getting real specific and real niche, say you do social media for, um, let's say mental health advisors, right? Okay. So then that type of service could be framed around like starting mental health advisors, people who are just starting their mental health advising business. And you're going to give them the tips, tools, and techniques to get started on social media, how to figure out what platforms are right for them. You get the gist, but um, it's creating those lower ticket services that are going to be sustainable and scalable in the background while you are working with your higher ticket clients. Mm, so basically like um, your these are the sort of services that you create once and then it's there and people purchase it and use it at their own pace rather than you having to physically be present and run them through the content every single time someone is like doing that course or doing that program or something like that. Yeah. And, and like I said, this could look like anything. It could look like checklists. It could look like a community. It could look like a course, um, a PDF, like ebook. I mean, anything that's going to help somebody, I guess you would say DIY it themselves. Um, another way to do this, which I got turned on to more recently, this was like, I don't think it was a thing back when I had my 
my business, but VIP days. So that's basically where you commit a certain amount of time to somebody you're working with them on something, but you can charge so much more because they're getting like your immediate attention. So in a sense, that's scalable too, because you can like double, triple the prices of your one-on-one coaching to get something done, like immediately, like build a website in 24 hours or launch a social media campaign in a week, you know? So Mm. it's really like getting creative and thinking outside of the box. Like how else can you help people in ways that, you know, aren't right in front of you? A lot of this can also come from market research, asking your potential clients, ideal clients who can't afford to work with you now, like what they would pay for and, you know, what they, what would need to be included so that they would purchase that. Yeah. So really thinking about how else can you bring value to your audience, to your community um, and all of that without having to physically be giving them the one-to-one services, like how else can you bring them value? So I think that's really helpful. That's very, very insightful what you just shared there. And um, I've got one more question then about (laughs) scaling before we start to wrap up this episode. But from what my what I understand when you're really looking to scale a business like you really do need to start outsourcing and you mentioned outsourcing earlier on yes. in this podcast so what's your insights on this topic how did you go about like you know outsourcing when you started your business and and what's your advice for anyone who might be at a point where they're ready to start outsourcing yeah so this is huge and I know we talked about this in the beginning like a little bit but creating standard operating procedures so SOPs that's like an industry term I think anywhere in the world right when you leave a job they ask you please write a procedure handbook for how you did your job it's the exact same thing for every process you do so if we're talking admin tasks and you're going to hire a virtual assistant that's going to be writing processes for how you do your invoicing your calendar management your email management finances, everything that goes in line with that. So creating a written process and you're talking like, um, who does it? When is it done? What is the task? When is it due? Everything needs to be included into that. So once you have those processes written, it makes it 10 times easier to bring somebody on. So some of the first people I brought on just based on the service-based business I was in were people to take on the work of the clients that I was bringing on as well. So if we got a big client, that was the perfect time to now bring on a contractor to help with some piece of that project. So that's one place to look. Um, Another one would potentially be sales. So hiring someone to do sales and outreach for you or engagement on social media, that's always obviously going to increase your visibility. Um, And just know that with sales, that is a long-term process. You don't really start seeing results until like six to 12 months because you really wanna build rapport with people. Um, and then virtual assistant would hundred percent be a next step there. And then last but not least a coach or a mentor. Mm. I have to say that because as soon as I, not because I am one, but as soon as I hired a coach uh, in my business, I saw so many, so many amazing results. And one thing, you know, a lot of people have probably heard, but is so true is as soon as you make a big risk or a big investment, like more do- doors open. You may not get your ROI right away, but you're going to learn things and you're going to you're going to grow from those experiences and and really just grow as a business, grow as a person, move forward. So really important to consider all of those things and not be afraid to reach out for help for people who've been in your shoes and done what you've done or who are, who are experts in a certain area and can help you elevate 
that weakness that you have within your business. Mm, I completely agree. I think more people need to start to open their eyes to see the value in investing in yourself and investing in a coach or a mentor or someone who can help support you in getting to where you want to be. I think everyone is so fixated on the price tag or the immediate dint it's going to make to your bank account. But at the end of the day, time is far more valuable than money because money is a resource you're always going to be able to renew. Time, once you've spent that, it's gone. So my mindset is if you can invest your money into someone to help you with your business, someone to help you with your mindset, someone to manage your Instagram account, like whatever it is you're in need of, realize that there is an extreme amount of value in that because they're going to be saving you a lot of time and helping you getting the results that you really want to be seeing a lot sooner. So I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, you know, it's, you know, it's so, it's so, so, so important to get back that time and, and really put it on things that are going to, you know, move you in the business, outsource it to people who can, who are capable and willing and can do the job hundred mm-hmm. percent. Completely. Well, Lauren, I do have one final question for you today because this is the real time, the real time podcast. I changed my podcast name this year and I always, so for almost a year, I've been saying this one line and I'm like, this is the first time I've stuffed it up because this is the empower with M podcast now. What is one? (laughs) What is one final piece of empowering advice you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, absolutely. I I think really to believe in yourself. I still get in my head sometimes about can I really do this? This seems really silly. Do people really want to work with me? And at the end of the day, it's uh, it's all about manifesting that yes, like you can do this. And yes, you are special. And yes, there are people out there who want to work with you and you may not be a good fit for everyone, but there are people out there who, who do think that you're a good fit for them. So just keep going. Don't give up. You may have a bad month or two, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a knockout month again. And just continue to invest in yourself, invest in your business and invest in your mindset and know that like anything's possible. You just have to put your mind to it. Oh, that is so incredible. Thank you so much for leaving us on that note. Honestly, you have just, this entire episode has just been filled with absolute gold nuggets and incredible pieces of advice that people can actually start taking action from, which I am so grateful for. So thank you so much, Lauren, for your time today. I have loved having you on the show and thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.